0: Trigger warning. In this podcast, we will be discussing sensitive topics such as femicide and assault. It's important to take care of yourself while listening. Some suggestions are listening while you're in a healthy headspace or knowing who you can reach out to if you become upset. This is episode four of the podcast, Join
1: the Madness. This is brought to you by the IA.
0: Welcome to Breaking the Normal podcast. Here we will be discussing the root causes of violence against women, starting from the law to the embedded but subtle machismo in our culture. Presented by Valentina Gonzalez Martins, Leonor Mejado,
2: Iri Amiel,
1: and Alejandra Black. Before diving into this topic, we want you to picture yourself in a building that is catching on fire. As the flames grow bigger, The only solution is to reach for the nearest phone and desperately dial the number of the fire department.
2: We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time.
1: The line keeps beeping. No response. You try again. They pick up, but no action appears to be taken. It's been what feels like forever. Still no one has shown up. The fire has invaded every room in the building including the one you're in. The firefighters are nowhere to be seen.
3: This is the story of Evelyn Laura Ordaya. After a three-year-long relationship with her ex-partner, Diego Lucana González, Evelyn has had enough. She did everything in her power to get away from him, change her phone number.
2: The number you have dialed has been changed.
3: She ran in a small room for her and her kids and asked her neighbors to never open the door to her ex. She had been with a man who had psychologically and physically abused her. Finally, Evelyn filed a complaint against Theo for physical assault in September of 2016. The problem here was that the complaint should have followed a rapid path to legal protection for Evelyn, but never did.
2: According to law 30364, the police had 24 hours to report the case into court and 72 hours to provide the victim with police protection. However, this never occurred. More than a year later, on October 24, 2017, Theo Lucana Gonzalez managed to break into Evelyn's house and stab her mercilessly 10 times. Sadly, Evelyn Laura Ordea died minutes after the attack.
1: Just like the firefighter, police officers never showed up for Evelyn's case. Do the authorities even know about the legislations? Why are the authorities not enforcing the laws? These were some of the questions we couldn't stop speculating about.
2: From Evelyn's story, I can get that. This is not an issue about lack of legislation. It's about how the laws are applied. Agreed. And
3: it can also be seen in the poor implementation of policies from the authorities part because the laws are
0: there. Definitely. I mean, we can see that there are a variety of laws that have been written to protect women from this exact violence. In 2015, the law
1: 38068 was approved. This law is supposed to provide extensive measures to prevent and penalize violence towards women. It builds on
0: previously ensured rules to overall protect women from danger and mandates for the production of shelters to give momentary refuge from abuse. But truly, what worries
3: me the most is that after the declaration of this law in 2015, the rates of violence and crimes against women have only increased. That same year, there were 84 victims of femicide, compared to 150 victims in 2018. This is a 40% increase in less than 3 years. To make this matter even more alarming, only 2 out of 538 rape cases receive justice.
2: How does this even happen? Well, it's because of authorities. They are supposed to be in charge of preventing femicide cases such as Evelyn's, but they aren't even aware of the laws. I mean, there is a U.S. country report from 2016 that stated that 40% of police stations do not have the adequate facilities to interview victims. and The majority of police officers and prosecution office personnel do not have specialized training in treatment of abused women.
1: Yeah, and going back to what you said, Peru was among the first Latin American countries to implement special legislations of domestic violence. For instance, the Law of Protection from Family Violence was first adopted in 1993 and then strengthened in 1997. But although the laws are there,
3: the problem is in the implementation of these laws. It's like if a teacher doesn't enforce punishments for her students that cheat on a test, even though there is a strict academic honesty rule prohibiting of all such dishonest conduct at school. The teacher doesn't enforce punishments, so then students never receive consequences, everyone is much more likely to cheat. This is what happens with the police in Peru. The police officers lack resources and training to adequately handle violence against women cases. Yeah, just like in Evelyn's case. Then the cycle repeats, and because no consequences are given to the aggressors, the likelihood of violent situations happening again are high. Just like the laws to protect women are there, but since police are not well equipped to manage domestic abuse and femicide cases, then justice is never obtained.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's take into account the study done by La Finsora del Pueblo. It concluded that 81% of cases had no protection measures taken to protect the victims of attempted femicide or those who had filed complaints on domestic abuse. 81% let that sink in. This resulted in 24% of these women to be murdered by their aggressors. Precisely because of this lack of protection and this lack of action on the authorities part. Because like you said Leo, police are not well equipped to handle these cases. Meaning justice is never obtained and more and more women will continue to end up like Evelyn which is truly
2: devastating. And that's not all in addition what happens is that most cases don't get justice for instance approximately 400 women were victims of attempted femicide in 2016 and the peruvian court only convicted 54 men 54 out of 400 that's barely even 15 so you're telling me that only 15 of aggressors get the punishment they deserve this isn't okay That number is
1: not even including all the cases that never made it to the justice system, or cases that are never reported. This statistic reminds me of the Arlette Contreras case. When three judges of a superior court of justice acquit a man who, on camera, shows how he dragged Arlette Contreras by the hair at the reception of a hotel in Ayacucho after attempting to kill her. Why is it so difficult for the judges or prosecutors to accept that a woman has been a victim of attempted rape or femicide?
0: I mean, this explains why the statistics of femicide are so high. If 85% of cases are those that remain without justice, then injustice will remain. And injustice will continue to exist and it will continue to live on. You know, what makes this issue so complex is the fact that impunity and lack of enforced punishments are only one of the many, many flaws within the entire system. Adding on to that, one of the reasons that would explain
1: the increase in statistics is that the crimes are oftentimes not correctly identified. According to the MIMP, a prosecutor would identify the femicide as an aggravated assault with deadly injuries. This misidentification of a crime makes these aggressors face less jail time and the victims would never get justice.
2: With all of that being said, we can surely conclude that the flood police system contributes to violence against women in Peru. Moving forward, after talking to
3: a member of the NGO Flora Tristan, something she said stood out to us. And that was the idea that laws exist only to regulate social behaviors. Laws can only regulate behaviors and they sometimes fail to do so like we have seen in our previous conversation. But even with an ideal existence of laws that protect women, provided support lines, punishments, and the progress at judicial and legislative levels, this will never be enough. Because like our expert told us, laws exist only to regulate social behaviors. But the root of our problem stems from
0: social tolerance and the mindset of the people. Like I mentioned above, this issue is complex. There's a powerful cultural component present. A powerful normalization of violence a powerful mindset not only are we now looking at the lack of law enforcement but a bigger picture the bigger picture on how patriarchal social norms are feeding this violence
3: exactly valentina and just for reference social norms are the unwritten rules of behaviors that are considered acceptable in a group or society
2: And I know I sound like a broken record, but we can't stress enough the laws only regulate behavior and alone cannot create social change just by existing.
1: Laws do not change the traditional beliefs embedded in our society that men have the right to control or discipline women through physical means. Laws do not change the fact that men are seen as socially superior. Laws do not change the fact that women are seen as the inferior gender. Laws do not change the people's mentality.
0: Laws do not change social norms.
3: So what is the problem with these social norms? The thing is, they are highly influential in shaping individuals' behaviors, including the use of violence. Norms can prevent violence, but they can also encourage the use of it like in Peru. These social
1: norms will start to justify violence and start to generate a social tolerance and a social acceptance. We can't just introduce a law that will change the social tolerance that has been built up through so many generations unconsciously.
0: Up to today, many people aren't even aware of the social tolerance. That has showed that 32% of Peruvian women justified physical aggression from their partners under certain circumstances. This shows that there's a justification, normalization, and acceptance towards violence based on these exact social norms we're talking about.
2: This is so deeply normalized and accepted throughout our society that we're so blinded by the damage it's causing. The laws are not being implemented correctly because the government is not making this issue much of a priority. Essentially, we're all just embedded with this flawed mentality that has been predetermined. We wanted to see how true this is.
0: Outraged, we searched for an answer on why violence against women is so common in today's proven society. We interviewed our friends and family on this question and let's say that we noticed a pattern. So, why do you think violence against women is so common in
3: today's Peruvian society? One reason is definitely that Peru is a very machista country. In Peru, the way society is built gives men control over organization of life and politics.
2: It's always been that way. Always been part of the culture. A mindset that women less than men, therefore resulting
1: in more violence. We've been determined to find the root cause of violence against women, and we found out that it is blamed on the so-called cultural mindset and cultural beliefs. When we asked why people thought it was so common, they blamed it on the culture. This led us to ask, what exactly is this cultural mindset, and what exactly are the effects it has on society?
0: In our research, we concluded that is a culture of the machista mindset. Machismo is hidden in gestures. It's camouflaged within words.
2: She didn't say no. Boys will be boys. She was drunk, but clearly asking for it.
0: This is what machismo looks like and how it grows. It is steadily shared through comments and glares, yet we barely even notice it. With each invalid justification, it spreads unconsciously through the minds of the people who make up society.
2: Machismo promotes male superiority and the idea that men have more power than women. This mindset contributes to the degrading and submissive position many women in Lima adopt.
3: It is subtle and quiet, and this exact subtlety is what leads to normalization,
2: to our reality. This is what leads to one out of every two urban women in Lima to suffer from physical or sexual violence throughout their life. The people who make up society fail
3: to question and challenge the machista messages and instead accept them as normal. Our past generations have unconsciously engraved and accepted these machista beliefs as the way things must be, because it has been what the people have been told all their lives.
1: This is also done through the sense of entitlement given to males from a young age that contributes to the belief that they can get away with any harmful acts because they are the so-said superior
2: gender. Despite all effort, Peru continues to adapt actions, practices and beliefs that follow this idea. The view that there is a dominant gender is maintained and these beliefs are planted into young minds through media or daily aspects intoxicating them with past generations views that have hurt so many. We start to normalize behaviors by living in a culture that subtly promotes these ideas.
1: Exactly. We are all blinded by male superiority. As a society, we accept it as the way it must be because it is what we see, what we hear, and what we are told.
0: For example, let me set a scene for you. Imagine a little girl who was born in Peru. She grows up watching La Rosa Guadalupe. And from young eyes, she sees a male president and male figures in power. As she gets older, she witnesses her mother being yelled at by her father. Within years, she adopts the belief that males are the superior gender. She will believe this is normal. The man, that cat called her because her skirt was too short. That man followed her home because it was her fault that she was walking home alone. When her boyfriend tells her that she can't wear the skirt, even if it's a cute one that she really wants to wear, She will change her clothes to please him. She will put what he wants over what she wants. And when he hits her for the first time, she will think, it's my fault, I made him mad. He hits me because he loves me. She will soon lose her sense of self-identity because she feels like she has to stay with him even though he hits her every day. She hides her bruises with cheap makeup every time she leaves the house and she stops talking with her friends because he told her to. Soon, she can't even recognize herself, and it's fine because she looks around and sees a society that says it's fine as well. As time went by one fatal night, her partner got drunk and aggressive and stabbed her 16 times. He only got a three-year sentence. While watching him on the news, she thinks it's fine as well.
1: There is a series of recommendations, given at an early age, to prevent girls from being raped. Society tells us that these are things we must do if we don't want to be raped or be victims of violence. Fatally, we assume such norms as normal and necessary behavior. Truth is that they are not, and they shouldn't be. Normal isn't a limitation of the things we can or cannot do based on the mere fact of our gender. It is as if the respect we deserve is only given to us if we follow society's guidelines to stay safe.
2: Normal is not an entitlement for men to abuse you if you don't follow the rules set out for prevention. It is almost as if girls have to follow these rules to not be raped. As if they don't do so, they can't complain if they are victims of violence or abuse.
3: Normal would be that we can do what we want without fear of being violated. We must change our focus from legislative system and start looking at the way we are thinking. We must call out these comments when we hear them. We must oppose these subtle ways in which machismo appears. We are no longer going to ignore this and remain silent. We must start by changing this mentality that exists within our society that leads to women's oppression.
2: Culture does not make people People make culture. Our culture is upheld by people, and the accumulation of this lazy mindset is what causes this normalization in society. One person adds up to the next, and we can start to change society one person at a time. We can be the change that we so desperately need. We realized that taking
3: a legal approach towards this issue wasn't a realistic nor feasible way we could make a positive impact. We can't change the actions of legal authorities to ensure justice, nor can we force them to use the correct implementation of laws. So how do we make immediate changes? How can we, as four teenagers, make
1: changes in our community? If there is something we learned, it is that the normalization of violence
2: against women is something extremely subtle. When we think of the term violence against women, the first image that pops up into our head is a man aggressively hitting his wife, or even the case of four men who raped a 21-year-old woman in Peru in October of this year.
0: Although these are strong examples of violence against women, it can be perpetrated on situations that we see on the daily. Much more subtle situations that most people wouldn't even consider to be violent. But these are the actions that add on to the cycle. Actions such as getting catcalled on the streets or telling a woman to dress modestly to not get assaulted. What
2: were you wearing?
0: We can even go to more subtle actions, such as dress-coding girls because their clothes are distracting, or slut-shaming women for doing the exact same thing men would do while praised for it.
1: We came to the conclusion that these subtle actions need to be brought into the surface and brought into the conversation in order to stop being normalized. This cycle needs to be broken. The more people are aware of violence,
3: the more they will be action-oriented to stop this silent crime. With that being said, we came up with a solution. A safe place where girls are able to share their stories and their experiences with gender discrimination. This is to denormalize these behaviors and raise awareness
2: about the subtle machismo in our society. This solution is an Instagram page called BTN Confessions. We created this page open to anyone to share their stories with us. They would be published anonymously, with the hope to show women that they are not alone.
0: By bringing these stories to life and exposing them to the public, is to break this normal, to change this mentality. This will go by hand with
1: the manufacturing of wristbands that represent your support of our movement of breaking the normal. They will be showcased on the Instagram page along with the confessions.
3: Lastly, it's the people that uphold this machista culture we live in. So it's up to us and... Let's break the normal. Let's break the normal. Let's break the normal. Let's break the normal.
2: Let's break the normal.
3: You heard them. Let's break the normal.